0: How are you doing? Great. All right. Turn to Matthew chapter 22. And we're going to continue our series entitled Simply Devoted. We're talking about just being simply devoted to God. Well, before we can get to the word devoted, I wanted to talk about the word simply. Because obviously the word simply comes from the word simple. Uh, Another variation of the word would be simplify. Um, and I think that all of us want to be devoted to God, but I think that most of us probably have a little bit of a problem being simply, doing anything simple. Uh, as a matter of fact, how many of you here would describe your life as simple? <laughs> probably not, huh? As a matter of fact, we might even use the opposite of that word. We would describe our lives as complicated, hectic, busy. So, Pastor, you're asking me to be simply devoted to Jesus. The only problem is that nothing else in my life is simple. So you're going to have to help me understand simple. Well, I can help you understand it because I'm simple. I understand that the word simple in our society many times refers to people of low intellect. I understand that. I still think I fit into that category. I'm okay. Uh, I'm a simple person. I can't do many things at once. Those around me, I have people around me who are very gifted, who can juggle many balls at once. I tried juggling growing up, by the way, and uh, never could learn to juggle. I really wanted to learn to juggle. I, I could do one ball. I could not do two balls. I could do one ball at a time. As a matter of fact, I learned to do something that a lot of people did not learn to do growing up, I could ride a unicycle. But again, one tire. I can only do one thing at once. I figured that out. So, God has kind of boiled it all down for me to help me to understand the Christian life, and that's what I want to do for you. You know, one of the uh, most frequent comments I hear when I meet people that go to the church, maybe in restaurants or somewhere, uh, they say to me, our children like to listen to you preach. (laughs) I'm simple. (laughs) That's okay. But it might help in a complicated world. We have blended families today. That complicates things. We have two income families. That complicates things. Both spouses trying to work to make ends meet. So we live in a complicated world. I understand that. Well, we're going to talk about simplicity, all right? And tonight's message is called The Secret of Simplicity. The Secret of Simplicity. Now, here are my three points. Here's the first point. The secret of simplicity is love. The secret of simplicity is love. God has boiled this down, not only for me, but He's boiled it down for you. The whole Bible, the whole Bible can be summed up in the word love. Let me show you a scripture. Matthew 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees or stumped them, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, that's the last person you would want to ask your question, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now verse 40 is one of the most amazing verses you will ever read in the Bible. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Here's what Jesus is saying. You can sum up the whole Bible. With these two commandments. Now let me tell you why he's saying that. The law and the prophets referred to the Old Testament. The law being the first five books of the Old Testament. And the prophets being the rest of the Bible. Referring to the major and minor prophets. But when Jesus said everything. The whole law and prophets. He was referring at that time to the whole Bible. Let me tell you why. There was no New Testament at this time. No New Testament. As a matter of fact. Any Scripture you read in the New Testament that is referring to the Scriptures, it's referring to the Old Testament. Now, I believe in the inspiration of the New Testament. Absolutely. I'm just letting you know that in the New Testament, they didn't have the New Testament. They were the New Testament. So anytime they talked about the Bible or the Word of God, they were referring to the Old Testament. You understand what I'm saying? So when Jesus said... These two commandments sum up the Old Testament, the Law and the Prophets. What he's saying is the whole Bible. If you want to know how to sum up the whole Bible. Now, you understand we're getting simple now. I'm I'm getting, this is helping me because I can't do very many things at once. So, if I want to do the whole Bible, I simply have to love God and love people. That's all I have to do. And I can do it all by doing that. Unfortunately, our lives get very complicated. We have jobs. Again, many times there are two jobs in the home. Um, If you have children, you have a complicated life. That's all there is to it. We have soccer practice, hockey practice, piano lessons, choir, uh, youth, and cheerleading, and volleyball, and basketball, and football, and that's just one week. (laughs) And it might even be just one day. (laughs) That's complicated. And then on top of that, I have to have enough energy to be a good spouse and to be a good employee. And here I'm trying to be a good parent. Listen to me. Your main job as a parent is not a chauffeur. I know you think it is right now. It's not. Your main job is to love. If you love God love others, love people, you're going to fulfill the whole law. You're going to do it all by simply doing that. All right. So the secret of simplicity is love. Now, that's great, Pastor. But you have to understand, for me personally, that's still not enough. You told me the secret of simplicity is love, but I need to know now what the secret of love is. Because you told me I just need to love, but I need to know how to love. So I'm going to tell you that. The secret of love, this is point two. The secret of love is commitment. The secret of love is commitment. And in a minute, I'll give you the secret of commitment. We're going to get the message real simple. Now, let me explain something to you. The reason that Hollywood talks about falling in love and falling out of love is because they're simply describing the feelings that you have when you make and keep a commitment to someone. I'm going to say that again because it's very, very important that you understand this. The reason that Hollywood describes love as falling into it or falling out of it is because they are simply describing the feelings that you have when you make and keep a commitment to someone. When you make a commitment and you keep a commitment to someone, you will experience the feelings of love. You will feel that. But you don't just fall in love or fall out of love with someone. It is not that one day you're going to be in a restaurant. If you're single here, let me give you a little bit of advice. It's not that one day you're going to be in a restaurant like you saw in some movie. And you're going to look across the room. And all of a sudden, you're going to fall passionately, out of control, head over heels in love with someone. That's not the way it works. Let me tell you the way love works. Love works based on commitment. The word devote, we're talking about being devoted. Devote, break it down. First of all, devoted breaks down to devote. Devote actually breaks down to vote. Devote, the root of devote is vote. Most people don't know what vote means though. Vote actually means vow. Vote comes from the Latin word votum, which means vow. When you go to the polls to vote, you're actually making a commitment to that referendum or that political candidate. You're making a commitment. That's what a vote is. You're vowing. You're making a commitment. D, anytime you put D on the front of a word, it means to. Defense, the word fence means fight, like fence. And defense means to fight. Devote means to vow. Everyone follow me? That's all it means. So it means to vow. The word vow, by the way, means commitment. It means to make a commitment. So if we're talking about being fully devoted to God, we're talking about being fully committed to God. The reason that years ago we started putting vows in a wedding ceremony is because we used to understand that the secret to love was commitment. If you want to stay in love with someone, you make a commitment to them, and you keep that commitment. That's why the vows sound something like this. If you think about it, the vows aren't that romantic. I will love you if you get sick and get poor and you make my life worse. In sickness and in health, right? For better or worse... For richer or for poorer. I remember in marriage counseling one time, I said to the uh, lady, uh, You're saying that your life is worse since you got married. And she said, Yes. I said, That's what you signed up for. (laughs) You said, If my life gets worse, I'll still love you. I'll make a commitment. And listen to me carefully. If you keep that commitment. You will experience love like no person can ever experience love except by keeping a commitment. The reason, when you look at couples and you see these couples who are just in love, oh, they're just in love, they're just so in love, you're seeing couples who are committed. That's what you're seeing. Are are you all following me? You do know I'm talking to you, don't you? When we uh, first started the church, we weren't very big, you know. And uh, at one point we had about 100 people and I was counseling a young man and uh, his fiance had left him. And I was explaining to him, uh, listen, it's better that she leave you now than to leave you later. Because if you would have allowed your commitment to grow, you would have been more in love with her. And your commitment has only been for a short season. Her commitment wasn't there. She did not love you. And he was like, I, thought, I really think she did. I said, she did not, or otherwise she would have stayed committed. That's what love is. Love is commitment. So I was explaining that to him. Well, the next week we got together and we were talking again. And he said, you know, God really spoke to me. He said, I, I, was, I was looking around the church and I saw an older couple that had been married for a long time. And they were still in love. And he said, God spoke to me and said, that's what I want for you. Trust me. You know, and now he's married and in our church. And doing great and wonderful, you know. But the Lord said to him, trust me. And I remember he said, an older couple. I saw an older couple. And I was thinking in my mind, we only had about 100 people. And at that time, we only had one older couple. In my mind, you know, they were in their 60s. And so I thought, okay, it's a, this is an older couple. So I said, was it so-and-so? And I said their names. And he said, oh, no, not that old. He said, I'm at your age. And so I shared with him that Debbie and I are not an older couple. (laughs) But to him we were. (laughs) But it comes from commitment. Do you understand what I'm saying? You will not be in love with the person and stay in love unless you make a commitment and keep that commitment. We have to understand that. Let me read you a verse and tell tell you a little story about it before I read it. There's a story about Ruth and Naomi in Scripture. And Ruth made a commitment to her mother-in-law, Naomi, that she would stay with her. And later, she meets the love of her life. Ruth 2, verse 10, she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. Now, here's what I want to explain to you. Ruth met the love of her life. That's a beautiful love story in the Bible. But the reason the man took notice of her was because he realized she was a woman of commitment. As a matter of fact, the commitment that she made to Naomi is actually where we get wedding vows from. It's not in a wedding. She said to Naomi, wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you live, I'll live. Wherever you die, I'll die. And I'm committed to you. Your people will be my people. And this is what she said. She ended it this way. Till death do us part. And we put that in the wedding vows. She made a commitment. And a man saw her commitment and fell in love with her. Began to make a commitment to her. Now let me tell you again about commitment. The way you fall in love with someone, you're not going to again walk across the room and just fall in love with that person. Here's what happens. A person asks you to spend some time with them. Now, let's say that a person asks you... I'm talking to the single people here. A person asks you to come to church. We're going to keep this on the up and up, this date here, alright? And so you commit to meet that person at church. And then you begin talking and you decide you like that person, you like that person's values, you like that person's character, so that person asks you to meet at church again next week. All these dates are going to occur at church, alright? And so you again... Commit. You make another commitment. You understand what I'm saying? Your feelings are beginning to grow for this person. Now, here's the problem with dating in our society. People are making commitments with wrong people. And those commitments, because you make a commitment, you begin to have feelings for them. And you'll begin to say, well, I'm beginning to have feelings for this person. Yeah, sure you are. Because you're making commitments. Stop making commitments To the wrong people. You know, I don't know why I'm all of a sudden talking singles. Because I didn't do this last service. But God knows you need it, apparently. (laughs) Stop making commitments to the wrong people. And for those of you who are married, keep your commitment. You want to be in love ten years from now? Keep your commitment that you made. Hey, let me read you another verse. John 14, verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Let's paraphrase that. Here's what Jesus said. If you love me, stay committed to me. me, Let's paraphrase another way. If you want to stay in love with me, keep your commitment to me. That's what he said. Because he knows the secret of love is commitment. This is one of the reasons I was so excited about the One Life campaign we just went through. You want to know why? I was asking everyone in the church to make a greater commitment to the Lord. To commit to, if you're not a member, to commit to go through the membership class. If you're not in a group, to commit to get in a group. If you're not having a regular quiet time with God, make a commitment. To make a financial commitment. And here's the exciting thing to me as a pastor. Most of you made commitments. If you'll keep those commitments, you'll be more in love with Jesus a year from now than you've ever been in your life. I promise you. The way your love grows is you make a commitment and you keep a commitment. So, the secret of commitment, the secret of love is commitment. Now, let me tell you the third thing I need to tell you. The secret of commitment is choice. The secret of commitment is choice. Now, listen to me very carefully. You might think that I'm oversimplifying this. But actually, this is the deepest point of the message. And this is a deep, deep. Theological truth that most believers don't know. You cannot have love without commitment. And you cannot have commitment without choice. Let me ask you a question. Last week we went back to Genesis 3, the Garden of Eden, how Adam and Eve ate from the wrong tree. Have you ever had this thought? Why did God create The tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the first place. Why did God give them a choice in the garden? Let me just see. How many of you ever had that? You ever had that thought? I've had that thought a lot. Why would you even put it in there? I mean, you made a perfect society, perfect world, perfect people. Why even put a tree in there and say, don't eat from this tree? Let me tell you why. Because without choice, there's no commitment. And without commitment, there's no love. Listen to me carefully. God didn't want robots. If He had created Adam and Eve without the power of choice, listen to me, they would not have been able to experience the joy of love. Without choice, you can't experience love. And God knew that. So God gave them the power of choice. Because if they would choose to make a commitment then they would be able to experience love. Listen to me carefully. Every person here wants love, whether you're married or not married. You will never experience the depths of love until you learn to keep commitments. Come on, you should have said amen to that. You won't do it. You have to do it. When, when Debbie and I uh, got married, we, we grew up in a smaller town. This is not a practical statement. It's just I was probably a pretty good choice in the town we grew up in, okay? And then we moved to the Metroplex, and we started meeting a lot better choices. And and we started meeting men that had more money, and were better looking, and more talented, and more gifted. And I was a very insecure person, and boy, my insecurity went through the roof. Because I thought, you know, she chose me when she only had... Three choices. (laughs) And the other two didn't have a job. (laughs) But now she's got more choices. What am I going to do? She's going to find out that she didn't get that good of a deal. But the great thing was, she made a commitment. And she kept her commitment and she fell in love with me. And here's the great wonderful thing that i rejoice in to this day i know she loves me because she chooses to and the joy that we experience and the love that we experience some people on this earth will never experience the love we experience because they won't work through an issue when it comes they won't make a choice to stay committed And listen to me, if you've gone through a difficult past, and if in your past you say, well, I didn't keep a commitment. I should have, but I didn't. I want to tell you some great news. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. That means this morning, He had new mercy for you, and you can start keeping commitments from now on. And you can experience joy. You can do it. Let me show you a scripture. We're talking about how um, it's a choice. Galatians 5.14, all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, let me tell you something. Paul is not contradicting Jesus when Jesus said it's fulfilled in two commandments. He's actually referring to the six commandments that refer to man's relationship to other people. The, The ten commandments are divided in two categories. The first four have to do with your relationship to God. The last six have to do with your relationship with people. That's why Jesus said the whole law is summed up in love God and love people. You understand what I'm saying? Four of the commandments are about loving God. Six of the commandments are loving people. Paul actually quotes the six commandments in, in, in two of these references in his epistles when he addresses this. And he quotes the six and he says, if you want to fulfill all six of those, here's how you fulfill them. Love your neighbors yourself. Okay, so that's what he's talking about. But here's the thing that that blows me away about this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I'm telling you, love is a choice. This contradicts Hollywood. Because Hollywood says you don't have a choice about who you love. You just kind of fall in love with someone and you can fall out of love with someone. Why would God command us to do something that we have no control over? See, what you could say is, well, you know, I know the Bible says to love my neighbor, but I just don't love him much, very much. I just don't have very good feelings for him. Well, you don't because you're not committed. That's why. Let let me show you another scripture. First John, chapter two, verse 15 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Do not love the world or. Or the things in the world. Okay, how can God tell you not to love the world if you just don't have a choice about who you love? You know, uh, I know God told me not to love the world, but I was walking through the mall the other day. And the, or the things in the world, and I just fell in love with this. And you know how love is, you just can't do anything about love. Yes, you can. The people that you love right now are the people that you've chosen to love. The people that you don't love... For the people you've chosen not to love. Debbie and I have been married 26 years. We've had to make lots of choices along the way. She's had to make more than I have. I understand that. But we've had to make lots of choices along the way. We, we, I had to make a choice a while back. Uh, you know, everyone has a cell phone now. She has a cell phone, but she doesn't answer her cell phone. <clears throat> this became a, an offense to me. There are natural reasons why. Men carry their cell phones where? Right here, right? So when it vibrates, we feel it. We have a call. We answer the call. We know we got a call, right? Women don't carry their cell phone here. doesn't go with the outfit. <laughs> they carry it in their purse. She doesn't want to keep it on ring because it's loud and, and she might be in a meeting or something like that. Or, so she puts it on vibrate. Can't hear it when it's in the purse. She wasn't looking at the phone and seeing it was me and saying, don't want to talk to him, you know. But she just wouldn't answer her phone. And so I started feeling like, well if she doesn't care enough to answer the phone, I don't care enough to leave a voice message. And if she doesn't care enough to answer the phone. I don't care enough to call anymore. And if she doesn't care enough to answer the phone. I'm going to look at it and say, "I'm not answering that call because she did not answer my calls. I started going down. I know this is I know this is stupid, but I just it, I got very offended because she would not answer the phone. And so, all of a sudden, it dawned on me, what are you doing? You're making some choices here. And the choices that you're making are going to affect your commitment. And that's going to affect your love. You have to choose. I remember the day I said, I choose to forgive her for being a woman. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> I don't mean that wrong. It's just the reason she won't answer her phone was because she does not... Carry the phone. She carries it in her purse. She can't hear it. Da da da. You know, so okay, I just I choose to forgive her. If she knew it was me, she would won't answer the phone. Da da da. So I have to make that. You understand what I'm saying? I know that's a silly illustration, but here's the point. I know marriages have ended over things that started just like that. Because I've heard the reasons. I've heard the reasons. I've said in the counseling sessions where the wife says to me or the husband says to me, I just don't love her anymore. Here's what he's actually saying to me. I'm not committed to her anymore. Anytime a person says, I don't love him anymore, what you're saying is, I'm not committed to him anymore. That's what you're saying. I've even had people say to me, We just don't love the church as much as we used to. And I've had to say to them, I know why you don't, because you're not committed. About six months ago, you quit giving, you dropped out of, uh, out of ministry, and you're not committed. When you stopped being committed, you stopped loving. Are, are, y'all, is, are y'all catching this? Yes. Yes. We all want to be simply devoted to Jesus. The way to be simply devoted to Jesus, the, the secret of simplicity is love. But the secret of love is commitment. But the secret of commitment is choice. If you're going to stay in love with Jesus, you're going to have to make big choices and little choices choices. Every day. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? We talked about being committed to the Lord, but God may be speaking to some of you about your marriage. God may be speaking to some of you who are single about His will for your life. And God may be speaking to you about your commitment to the Lord and to church. If you need prayer for any reason, we want to pray for you. I'm going to pray and after I pray, we're going to stand. And when we stand, we're going to have leaders that are going to come to the front. If you need prayer for your marriage for your life, for your relationship with the Lord, I want you to come. At that time, don't be embarrassed. Maybe you're new at Gateway. Maybe you've been coming here for a long, long time. But if you need prayer for something, just make up your mind right now that you're going to come and let us pray for you, All right. I'm going to pray. After I pray, we're going to stand. As soon as you stand up, just step out and come and let us pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person that needs to come